Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. So I was getting ready for Christmas, and I decided to go back and just reread the story. I was reading uh, from maybe the most famous account from uh, the biography of Jesus that was written by Luke. It's often just referred to as the Gospel of Luke. And I noticed something that just hadn't jumped off the page to me before. Maybe it was the translation I was reading. Maybe I'd read through it really fast. But Luke... Luke begins in the first four verses. And Luke was a doctor, and he says, I wanted to set out to tell you exactly what happened. And then in verse 5, he says this. The story begins with a priest named Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth. I guess I'd never thought of it that way, that the story begins with Zechariah and Elizabeth. I mean, I've been at this a while. I know that they were the parents of John the Baptist, relatives of Mary, and John the Baptist would come to have a famous role. But the story begins with Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth. Let me read to you what the angel would say a few verses later. I'm just going to read, let me make you a promise. I'm going to read one passage and give you one point, and then we'll go have elf waffles. Deal? Kids, hang with me. Kids are like, all right, you got one point, Pastor. We're, we're, I'm on the clock here. Here's what it says the angel replied. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You remember this. The angel appears to Mary. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. But then right in the middle of that story, it says this. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. We estimate from some clues in the story that she was 60 to 70 years old. I'm close enough to that age. That's not old, but it's old when you're having a baby for the first time. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son. Oh, Mary, you know how people talk. People have been talking. But now they have something new to talk about. She is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And then it says this, verse 39, it says, A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. This is no short journey, by the way. It's probably four or five days travel. And she entered the house and greeted 
Elizabeth. The greeting doesn't go exactly like everybody thought. It says at the sound, verse 41, of Elizabeth's or of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Mary's response was, Why? Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? Why? <laughs> Elizabeth, I, I'm, I just need to know why. <laughs> Tell me. So I, I read this, and my question is, why, why does Mary run to her aunt? A second cousin? Why does the young, soon-to-be mom run to the older woman who's never been a mom? And here's my guess. She went to hear the story. She wanted to know the story of a woman who everybody had talked about for her entire life, who had never been able to have a child, but had always wanted one. And now she was pregnant. And she would walk for days to hear that story. And here's why. Because our struggle is almost always our best story. That's just the point I want to make this morning. There it is. Time to go skating. <laughs> All right, not exactly, honey. Just one more minute. <laughs> Got to be careful what I say with kids in the room. Our struggle is almost always the best story because... It's in struggle that we learn about God's faithfulness. And if Mary needed to know anything, she needed to know that God was faithful. And who better to go to than to run to Elizabeth? It tells us she stayed there for three months. Do the math. She stayed there right up until the baby was born. And then she went on her way. Because our struggle is where we learn about God's faithfulness, and it's where we become approachable and useful. Let me just say that again. Your struggle, and your struggle, and your struggle, and your struggle, and my struggle, is where we become approachable and useful. And when we do, people family will walk four miles to be with us. A few years back, and this is a good illustration of how this works. A few years back, Tammy and I, uh, we were redoing our living room and we saw all those pretty pictures online and we got ourselves, I've told this before, but it's worth telling again, we got ourselves a white couch. 
They look so good in pictures, don't they? Man, just sleek and, you know, Cape Cod home, light floors, white couch, little bit of off, everything a shade of white. And then we just discovered we're not white couch people. I mean, some of you, some of you have plastic to put over your couch. We do not have plastic. And we just discovered we're just not white couch people. In fact, a couple years ago, we, we had to get new cushions for all the couch. Back cushions, seat cushions. And that's when, and I ordered them. We measured them, went online, ordered them, and they showed up. And that's when we discovered, did you know there are different kinds of white? That's right. We did not know. I thought white is white is white. So we have a white couch and an off-white couch. Actually, 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 we have a white couch, an off-white couch, and a used-to-be white couch. Right? Isn't that how it goes? White, off-white, used-to-be white. Actually, there's a fourth stage. Some of you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. There's white, off-white, used-to-be white, and pillow-covered. Ours is pillow-covered. So I'm sitting there the other day, and Anita, who's our office manager and who... Uh, kind of organizes all of our events. She, she messages me and she's working on our staff Christmas party. We have an annual gathering for all of our staff and their spouses and we usually go out to a restaurant somewhere. She wrote, she said, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of changing it up this year. What do you think about doing it at someone's home? And I thought, she's writing me. She's being subtle, not subtle. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that would be fun. We could do that. I could show off my new fake Christmas tree. I love my Christmas tree. And I'm sitting there in the living room, sitting on the white, off-white, used-to-be-white, covered-in-pillow couch. This is a true story. I, I had this moment where... I looked down and I looked at the couch and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want anybody to see this couch. We've been talking, Don, we've been talking for a few years about replacing that couch, but it's like, oh, when the kids go off to college, when the boy gets out of college and we can afford something, you know. We just haven't replaced it. I'm like, ah. Oh. And I thought, what are you thinking? Nobody's coming to see your couch. Man, who cares about your couch? You have an amazing Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, I just... I just thought, who cares about your couch? They didn't come for the couch. They came for the conversation. See, you're either going to be the kind of person that people look at with admiration or the kind of person they sit with for conversation. But you're probably not going to be both. You're either going to be the kind of person they go, whoa, 
Look how white that couch is. How do they keep it so clean? Or you're going to be the kind of person they'll walk miles to be with, to sit with in conversation. See, your struggle is your story because it's where you learned about God's faithfulness. You learned that after all those years, he hadn't left you. He hadn't abandoned you. It was still good because he was still good. And it's where you became approachable and useful. And maybe, maybe that's part of the story of the manger. Maybe the manger is the off-white, used-to-be-white, covered in pillows place. It's just messy and dirty, and it doesn't belong in the story, and it's where Jesus came to meet us in all of its simplicity and brokenness and messiness. He wanted to meet us at our level, and he came to have a conversation with us. In him, we meet the one who is pure, unblemished, sinless, who came to save us so that we could come, we could approach him, we could enter into a relationship and conversation, and we could say yes to him, yes to him as a savior, a redeemer, the one who rescues us. So, would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and, well, at least most of us. But maybe in the midst of this room and kids chattering, and maybe... God's been at work in your life and he's been calling you. And I don't know how it all happened, but you got here today and you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ. I just wouldn't want you to miss that opportunity. 2,000 years ago, he came to that off-white, used-to-be-white, messed-up couch of a manger approachable, human, to be our Savior. So that you could have the choice to say yes to his gift. And if that's you, if that's what you want to do, I want to invite you to do it right where you're seated right now. Just in the quiet of the moment, to pray together something like this. Dear God, you know me. You know my story. You know my secrets. Every place I've struggled. 
every sin in my life. And this morning I confess it all to you. And I accept your grace, your forgiveness. Jesus Christ, once and for all, I say yes to you. I want to live my life fully for you. I invite you in once and for all. In Jesus' name, amen.